Welcome to Season 3 of Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast about the amazing educators, students, alumni, and citizens of beautiful Talmadge, Ohio. This season is going to be the best season yet as we sit down with people who have incredible stories to share and who are having an impact on our kids, in our community, and in our world. Now be sure to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and give the podcast a rating. This is how we get the message out about our amazing schools and community. Now, crank up the volume, grab some coffee, kick up your feet, and get ready to be wowed as Season 3 begins. Today, I have the honor of having, quite honestly, the most requested guest ever. Now, every time I finish a podcast recording in the classroom, and then my guests will leave, and then I'll ask my students, hey, who do you want to hear from next? This is the name that comes up. If I'm talking to somebody out in the beautiful city of Talmadge, and I ask them what they think of the podcast, They tell me that they generally like it, but they want to hear less of me, and they would really love to hear from the guest that I have here. And we have tried so hard to make this happen, and we have had school cancellations and busyness just kind of get in the way and interrupt this, this discussion. But I am so happy to finally bring to our listeners the ever incredible and wonderful Mrs. Julie Hedrick. Julie, thank you for sitting down and chatting with me today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, Thank you for always being so complimentary and uh, making me feel that maybe what I'm doing um, is having an impact um, and that you hear about it and that warms my heart. So thank you. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. I'm a little nervous, so I'll... I can stand in front of lots of kids, and I can talk, and I can run things, um, but I like to be behind the scenes more than I like to be in the spotlight, um, unless I was cheerleading, and then I was like, hey, look at me, but <laughs> that was a different a different me, so. That, it's so I, funny to hear that, because, yeah, when we when we think of, you know, the dynamic teachers who are here, and the ones who, who are incredible in front of the classroom, I mean, you are one of the first teachers that come to mind. And, and then to see that you're actually sort of uncomfortable behind the microphone is kind yes, of, um, I promise not to take too much of advantage of that. Okay. And, uh, but, but no, please don't be uncomfortable. I, I'll tell you, here's one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you here is because you are a teacher who has had an influence and impact in, in my daughter's life. She absolutely loves you, and she is one of the other people who's always like, when are you going to get Mrs. Hedry on her? When is she going to – well, now she's, you know, she's in college. She's like, when is Julie going to be on the podcast, you know? And, uh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm trying. I'm working on it. I promise. I promise. And then, uh, you know, now you have my son, and he is loving your class, uh, you know, as much as, as Kelsey did. But um, I'm so excited to have you here. i, I got to begin with this question, the okay. first question. Why did you become a teacher? Uh, I became a teacher because I had very strong influences growing up um, as teachers. Um, My mom being my first one. So she was a speech pathologist, but she worked in the schools. So I watched her passion. I watched how much she cared about her students, that she was always talking about what she could be doing better, working on what she could be doing better. Um, 
it's just something that I witnessed every day with her. And then um, when I came to high school, I was privileged to have uh, Lorraine Caswell as my English teacher for all four years. We were still in periods here at Talmadge High School before we switched to block schedules. So um, on the honors track, I was uh, uh, on the way, I mean, we were supposed to like be taking AP and doing that way. I don't know if I really was an honors student as much as I just enjoyed the class and the teacher and uh, wanted to push myself. But um, I had her for all four years and she made me love English. She made me mm -hmm. love, um, she grew my love of reading that, that you know, started with my mom. But um, I just saw her as a teacher that was real with us, talked to us like people, um, set a wonderful example for just you know working hard and, and wanting to improve everything that you did. And then um, my last influence, and I've had the wonderful, wonderful privilege of working with her now for the last 20 years, was uh, is Joni Giles. So she was my cheerleading advisor in high school. She was my teacher in high school. She's been my second mom. Um, she's been my mentor. And this is why I don't like talking about these things, because I'm such an emotional person. So it's okay. Um, I knew I was going to cry, so that was my thing. Um, well, if it makes you feel better, there have been episodes where I've cried on here, too. Okay. So. Well, yeah, that's my goal. I'm going to get you to cry. Um, no, so Joni has been um, just a, a person in so many different ways in my life, um, from teacher to coach to mom to advisor and mentor, and um, she's just influenced my life in so many ways, so. Wow. I, to have three role models like those three incredible women in your life, um, it, you're very, you're, you're so lucky. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look back and you can see the role that your mom played in your life and how, you know, her legacy shines through you each and every day. And then, um, you know, a teacher impacts you. And then Joni, you know, have, and by the way, I've been trying to get her on here. She's another top request, but she keeps avoiding me. You know, uh, she just doesn't return emails. So Joni, I know you're going to listen to this. You better return that email ASAP. But those, those three women, um, they shine through you each and every day uh, here in the classroom. Um, when did you decide that you, I mean, was there a point, was it in high school or was it college? When did you uh, decide you wanted to be a teacher? Growing up, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. And then as I um, started working with children, I realized that I can handle kindergartners age for about 30 <laughs> minutes during swim lessons. I would teach them and then I'd think, oh, this is about the extent of my patience and time with kids this age. Um, and so then... When I was in high school, I fell in love with journalism, so I worked on the newspaper for all four years that I was here, and I thought I wanted to go into journalism then. So I started college as a journalism degree, and after my first semester, I thought, you know, I've, I've always wanted to go into education. I'm going to go into English and journalism um, education. And so back then, it was before it was language arts, so I actually chose what was called an English elective um, degree. So I had equal parts of English, equal parts of journalism, uh, communication and drama, and then I had my education courses as well. So um, it kind of just combined everything that I loved and I've been very privileged to have the job that I've had for the last uh, 22 years teaching English, teaching journalism, and you know, loving what I do. And so you went to, uh, did you go to the University of Akron? 
No. Or Kent. You went no. to Kent. <laughs> I went Kent. Kent. Kent okay. I am so sorry. I, I would <laughs> promise to edit flashes. that part out. But no, I'm not gonna... it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, where did you student teach? I mean, uh, you know, when you finished college, I mean, talk to me a little bit about where you student taught, what that experience was like, and then how you ended up here. I did my student teaching in Springfield, so it was just right down the road. But I will say that, um, you know, in doing my observation hours in Akron schools, uh, I was in Manaway for a little bit, and then uh, Crestwood, and then I did um, the majority of my student teaching time at Springfield High School. And what I found is that not every school valued student education and students the same way that I felt Talmadge did. Um, so I, I always wanted to teach at Talmadge. And um, going back to uh, Mrs. Caswell being someone who influenced my life in such a way, um, I went to her and said she was nearing retirement and she told me that she was gonna plan that she would retire when I graduated from college. And Get I went to her really? and said, Mrs. Caswell, I am going to be there for five years, so I need you to work <laughs> another year. And I'll tell you, being now 22 years into my career, uh, each year I think, I cannot believe that I asked her to do that and that she did it. So she came to me, she said, I have to think about it, and then she came to me about a month later and said, because I was already coaching cheerleading at the time at the school with um, Joni, and then I had taken over as the head advisor. Um, and she said, I'll give you one year and I'll work another year so that there is an opening. Um, and she said, I can't guarantee you're going to get the job, but I'm, I'm willing to do that so that there's the opportunity for you to do that. Um, so uh, she retired the year that I graduated and very lucky that they hired me into the district and I've been here since. That is, I, I, knew, I did not know that. That yeah. is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I, she, I can't imagine somebody coming to me and saying, could you just work a little bit longer for me, right. just for me? And so for her to do that, um, it, it's amazing when I think about it. And I don't think I appreciated it at the time, you know, because of my age and because of right. the situation yeah. I was in. But now I really think about it and go, wow, that was a big ask. And for her to do that for me was amazing. Well, that's because I, I got to imagine it's because when she she knew that you were you know, honoring our calling and you were pursuing that path that she knew that uh, you were too good to let go somewhere else. I mean, she she saw the gifting and wanted you here. And uh, man, and just think, we were that close to you not being a teacher. And now here, you've been here 22 years. You've never mm -hmm. been to any other school district. Mm -mm. No. So, so in my student teaching experience, what I realized was that Talmadge is unique and that we, um, the way that we interact with our students, the relationships that we build, the standards that we push forward for them and want them to excel to, um, the opportunities that we offer. And I feel like even just in the last 22 years, you know, I felt that way when I was here in high school and then and when I did stuff here as a volunteer in college. And um, I just feel like every year we get better and better at doing that. Because of, also because of teachers like you, you know, I look at everything that you do and that it's not just what you're doing in the classroom with your kids. You're like looking at and, and infecting their lives all around. And I just think that there's a lot of teachers here and uh, faculty administrators that have that care mm -hmm. for the kids. And um, I wish everybody felt the way and, and was like you. Well, yeah. oh, well, you know, it is one of the biggest takeaways ever that I have from interviewing so many teachers, and I know you know the people who listen to this podcast pick up on this too. That when people come here, they stay. Mm 
And there's a reason they do that. You know, you people could jump ship for more money or or this or that, but people stay here because uh, we just we are blessed, and we you know teachers here genuinely love their kids. And you mentioned a key component of that is they they value relationships as much as they do you know rigor, and that's such a a key thing to have in place even now. Um, you know, you talk about being involved, and it's one of the things that amazes me about you. You seem to have endless energy. You are, you know, for lack of a better example, you are the man behind the curtain on so many different things. Can you just give us a, just take us through a, a laundry list of things that you're involved in? Um, well, at school, I'm the senior class advisor, so I run all the senior activities. Um, I am lead teacher, so uh, I was lead teacher, and then now that's been reinstituted, um, I am now lead teacher again for my department. Um, I am the pep club advisor. I am the um, what else do I do? <laughs> oh, journalism. Okay, so I'm the journalism advisor, the yearbook advisor, um, and. In my previous lives here, I ran the show choir choreography. Did you really? Um, and I did the choreography for the musicals when I was the cheerleading advisor. So I was the cheerleading advisor for 10 years. And then after I was the cheerleading advisor, I was the swim coach for three years. And then my family was growing and I had to, you know, spend more time uh, with them and, you know, helping them to grow into great kids. So, um, I, you know, I've changed different things that I've done, but I've always liked to be involved. So, and my mom always said that, you know, anything that I did, I could, I could never just be a part of it. I always had to be in charge of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've tried to learn to, to balance that because, you know, it's, you know, you can't, can't run everything. So. Yeah. It doesn't um, get any easier, does it? No. <laughs> no. But yeah. I, I love the things that I, that I work with and the students that I work with. So. Well, you know, I'm, I look around your room and one of the things I love so much about your room is. There are just so many pictures of just you with kids. You are, you are, there are so many pictures. Of all these activities that you have been a part of and clubs, and um, what has been your most favorite thing to be a part of? Well, that's hard. That's hard to say. Um, I miss coaching cheerleading. Um, at the time in my life, it was a really good fit, and I really, you know, I loved the relationships that I built with the girls that I coached. Um, I was younger, you know, I was 21 when I was hired um, as the head cheerleading advisor. I was 20 when I was the head cheerleading advisor, and then I was 21 when they hired me and um, had to teach, and so when I was 22 when I started. So really there wasn't a large age difference between me and the high school girls at the time. So, you know, a lot of those girls I still am very close with, mm -hmm. you know, we've we were raising our families together, um, so that has been a great part of it. So I, I do, I do miss that side of, of coaching. Um, as far as the other activities that I do, um, you know, being the senior advisor, I really love having such an impact on their last year of school, mm -hmm. um, helping them to have such a great experience. And you know, I really think you know, when when twenty twenty and COVID happened and we went online and. I mean, that became such a huge priority to me, um, even more so than it had ever been before, to make sure that these kids had an experience that they could remember and value. And um, I really just strive to always create something that is special and unique that they go, wow, that was great. I would love to do that again. Mm. Um, and so I, I would say the things that I do with the seniors is definitely right yeah. now 
something mm. that I absolutely love. So this is the part, maybe I shouldn't even bring this up because this is the part that makes me uh, emotional. Um, <clears throat> but you know, my daughter being a senior last year, the effort that you and your crew put into making it, sorry, I'm getting, yeah. <laughs> getting uh, Goal the, achieved. Yes, goal <laughs> achieved, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a, it's a battle right now. I could just start weeping profusely <laughs> and it could turn real ugly. Um, but what you did for my daughter and her classmates is just, um, will never be forgotten. And so I'm gonna switch gears because <laughs> I, I will lose it, but know that there are a group of us out there and the community parents who are eternally grateful to you. Um, so you mentioned a moment ago that you have two incredible kids. I concur. I love both of them dearly. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? Uh, tell us, you know, about your husband, about your son, your daughter. Tell us a little bit about the Hedrick household. Um, the Hedrick household. So my husband and I have been married for almost 18 years. Um, we are not high school sweethearts, although most people think that we were because um, we both went to Talmadge. But we did not start dating until... Um, after our college experiences and it was actually because we were both coaching so I was coaching cheerleading here and he was coaching football and uh, you know we were the young ones in the program at the time <laughs> and as far as coaches went and um, it was just a really fun experience you know the, the other coaches at the time were coach Carnath and <laughs> Householder and you know there's just a lot of really fun memories that I have from that time. Lots of stories. Um, lots of stories <laughs> that can't be told on a podcast, but um, lots of great memories. And so that, you know, we are love for Talmadge, our love for working with kids, our love, you know, that was that was a lot of what I fell in love with him about. It mm -hmm. was how he, um, the heart that he has and the, the um, way that he really cares and wants everything to be the best for everyone around him. Um, so we have three wonderful kids. Well, two yeah, you, yeah, two, yeah, yes. Um, two at the <laughs> high school. So Catherine is a sophomore. Um, Brady is a freshman, and then Addison is in third grade, and she thinks she's in high school. <laughs> she's um, TikTok famous. Yeah. How, I, I'm so sorry that I, I said two. No, you know, I'm just. Okay. I'm no. thinking about the fact that I just right. had your daughter in class, and then I sit next to your son on the uh, the recumbent bike. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've. Um, you know, we're raising our family here. It's something that Tom and I always wanted to do. Um, that, you know, the things that we loved about Talmadge, we hope that they love it as well. Um, you know, sports and the academics and being involved. And um, it's just, it's so fun to watch them be a part of, mm -hmm. you know, what my life has been for the last 22 years and, and to see them be able to enjoy it, which, you know, which is what made part, I mean, last year was hard for everyone. The last two years have been so hard for everyone, but especially last year, you know, with my daughter starting her freshman year, and, you know, now my son's here too, and I just wanted their experience to be what I always knew high school to be. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so great to be having activities again and going to games and seeing that, like, involvement and to have them be a, a part of it. So, you know, um, to be able to do for so many other kids, throughout my career and now for my own kids to be here. It's something I absolutely love. Mm. That's awesome. I, you know, it's funny because I just had your daughter in, uh, in class last block. Uh, right now we are currently in third block and I had her second block. And um, of course I have my son in the same class. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I agree with you, it, is, it was so awesome to have my daughter here and to see her through and then now to have my son. Very few people 
get that kind of a glimpse into their their kids lives do they mm -hmm. and we get to see it every day and then what's even better is we have kids who like to be around us mm -hmm. aren't we blessed in that mm -hmm. uh, i mean my, I'm, I'm shocked every day that my son comes in during academy and wants to hang out but um we're in the middle of class and noah blurts out i mean in the middle of the lecture dad you got to get tickets to the Batman movie tomorrow night. You got to order them right now because we're going. He, he rattles off four people. And I stop and I look at him and he goes, yeah, uh, okay, wrong time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But it just popped into his head. Yeah. So then afterwards, uh, your daughter comes up to me and she's like, Mr. Horner, I just want you to know that happens in Julie's class quite often with me. I'll be sitting there and I might say, hey, mom, you need to do this. She'll like, Catherine, I'm in the middle of teaching a class, you know, so like, I was, I was struggling. It was, uh, it was fun. So, um, yeah, you guys are a very like sports involved family mm -hmm. and, uh, and your kids are, are heavily involved. What is, what, what was your, I mean, did you have a favorite sport? Or is there a sport that you kind of lean towards? Like, do you enjoy watching more or, um, or have enjoyed coaching or, uh, I think it's different in different experiences. I mean, I mean, for me to participate in something, I mean, I I love to cheerleading, um, and so you know that was something that I loved participating in. I loved coaching. You know, I, I was on the dance team at Kent State. Um, so for me, like that's my own personal. Um, but I also recognize that it wasn't something that that um, Catherine loved. You know, the same way that I did. So. You know, I, I was glad that she could find the sports that she enjoys that, you know, so she loves softball and, and basketball. Um, I love watching softball. So both my daughters play. I coach Little League for them um, when Kevin was there and now for Addison. Um, but my absolute favorite sport to watch is football. <laughs> I just, I've always <laughs> loved football. So um, if I'm just picking any sport to watch, it's that. If I'm watching my kids, um, then it's either football, baseball, or softball. But I enjoy the most um, but we just we've always been a sports driven family because you know I think just of all the the lessons that you can learn through sports you know working hard continuing to work hard always having another goal mm -hmm. um, that you can achieve um, contributing to the teamwork being a leader and I know that there are other activities that you can gain those same sure. things um, it's not just you know that you that sports is the only way that you can learn that but for us that that competition and and um, just being committed to something it's just you know it's a large part of, of our family yeah and it's the same with our family as well you know we we look at what what a vehicle sports really are for teaching good life lessons and mm -hmm. and then the value of a friendship and accountability and uh, and and competition it's played a key role in our life now you mentioned cheerleading who was your cheerleading coach when you were in high school Johnny Joni. Joni was. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time she was Miss Lifer, so I, call, I still called her Miss Lifer <laughs> for a long time, but um, she was my coach in, in high school. And I mean, I think for me, what she taught me is that you can just love life. Like she just always had an energy about her. She was always, you know, smiling, even, you know, as I've gotten to know her, as we got older, you know, I know, I know that not every day was a good day, but she made us think that every day mm -hmm. was a good day and that there were, you know, things to be happy about. So um, my my other favorite thing about her is she would always talk to us about life lessons, like your life lesson. Here's my life lesson for you today. Um, and I'll say things like that in my class, too. Like, here's your life lesson, you know, because something will come up and we'll be talking you know, a little bit off topic and we'll talk about those life lessons. So, you know, she was my advisor. 
um, really taught me a lot, and I appreciate the who she's been to me. Yeah, so I, one of the reasons I ask this, is, and you know, and I, I think I shared this with you, and I'm sure you listened to the episode with the DeFelco yes. uh, sisters. They talked yeah. about the impact that you had in their life as their cheerleading coach. And when we spoke about what you did for them, you immediately pointed to Joni and said, well, that's what she would do for us. Or mm -hmm. she would, you know, you pay attention to details, you, you hone in on the relationships, and you, you, you value the small things. That seems small, right? Mm -hmm. But then for the, the, your team, to them, the fact that you knew some things about them that they didn't think you knew, I mean, it meant the world to them. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are, what are some of the, the things that you did to try to, to create a, a positive culture with your team and to tie in leadership? I mean, what were some um, of the things that Joni may have impacted you and then you kind of passed on to the DeFalcos and <laughs> other young ladies? Uh, I, think, um, I think of the team bonding things that we did and you know, you hear so often that like, oh, we're a family and, you know, we're doing these activities and I really value, I mean, I, I mean, for me, when I went through my, my high school experience, I really felt connected to my coaches, to the people that I cheered with, um, my peers. Um, and, you know, like I think of some of the activities that we would do to encourage each other. You know, we had, I, I had one with my cheerleaders where, you know, they wrote their name in the middle of a piece of paper and you just passed it to the right and everybody had to write something positive about that person on it and you know sometimes people you know I'll run into somebody who I haven't seen in a while and they'll say like oh I still have that sheet of paper and mm -hmm. it had all and I think I mean especially you know working with high school kids I mean so many kids don't hear positive stuff right you know they don't hear it at home they don't hear it here and you know so if you can hear something good that other people think about you because I think you know, you have to hear it a couple times before you believe it. Um, so doing things like that, um, we one of my favorite things I would take my senior girls on a on a on a senior retreat, <laughs> and we would go shopping in Columbus. So that was super fun. <laughs> um, but I think just those times that you're not you know necessarily at a practice working on something like it's yeah. all that other time that you spend together and just you know get to know each other. And those are the things. Those are the things I learned from from Joni. You yeah. know to that you know, value each person and, and make sure that they feel good, um, that they leave your experience and they leave being with you feeling better about themselves. Mm -hmm. I, you know, again, here we go, getting getting emotional again, <laughs> but I, I, I can't help but think about what, what you just said about how so many of these kids come in here um, and they don't feel valued, right? And they don't feel unique and they don't feel like they have purpose. And uh, you and I, we've been in the business for quite a while, and you know, when when we see it, and we don't understand how incredible they really are, it, it does. It breaks our heart. I, I had a conversation with a friend just yesterday, and um, we were talking about the importance of. For me, I, I mean, I like to tell the kids I love them because I do love them, but they don't hear that enough, right? They don't hear that they are loved and they're valued um, uh, enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you have drawings around here. Um, and one of them is mentioned in that podcast. I'm not sure where you've got it hidden at, but you, you taught that the, the Falcos talked about how you would actually draw pictures of them. Mm -hmm. And then you would put little symbols on them that, that represented like a, just a cool little fun fact about them that maybe they didn't even know you knew. Where'd you pick up that kind of a, I mean, what makes you pay um, such close attention to detail? Um, 
I don't know. I don't even know how I started doing that. Um, we, you know, we, we would decorate the dorms. Every time we went to cheer camp, we would decorate the dorms. And so we would come up with a theme and they would all bring their own um, decorations and they would have, you know, team nights that they would get together and make the decorations. So that poster that I would bring would be my contribution to it. And I just started creating these caricatures of the girls each year where I would, you know, they all have the same size head. I'd take a megaphone actually and flip it upside down and trace <laughs> trace their heads and then, you know, draw like big eyes. But so their eye color and their hair color and however they wore their hair. And, um, these were Funkos just, before Funko Pops, right? Like, like yeah, it was before. Yeah, before they, they, yeah. So before you created your own avatar, I was making avatars of my own, <laughs> of my own girls, my own bitmojis of my girls. Um, and so I, you know, I would hang this poster and then every year the girls, you know, more and more would be, oh, she hung the poster. And I, I mean, just to see them connect to it. And mm -hmm. it seems so simple. Yeah. I mean, so simple to do something like that. Um, yeah. But it was something that just, you know, it became a tradition. I'm big into traditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm, I'm big into, into, you know, those things that you do every year and you can look forward to it. And especially with high school, you know, they look for they, they, they look up to like, oh, my senior year, I get to do this or I get to do that. And sometimes I have to remind myself that, you know, for my students, even though this is the 20th time I've done this, it's the first time for them. And mm -hmm. so I want it to be as special and as wonderful for this kid as it was the first time that I did it. Um, and every year I try to make things a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, Big into note taking and stuff like that. So when I finish something, then I write down like, okay, this is what I would do different next time. So then, next time then that comes up, you know, I look at my notes and we make adjustments and I just try to make it better each time. Um, but in addition to the the poster of their, you know, with their faces and their caricatures, I also hung up the poster that you know they we would um, have a, a long practice before we left for camp and we would come up with team goals. And each girl would sign that big contract, and we would hang it up. And then each day, when we would reach that goal, that my seniors would check it off. And mm. so, you know, I think a combination of things being fun and that you know you, you want to be a part of it, and it's and it's entertaining and it's exciting, and like what's going to happen next. But then also that um, balancing it with you know we have a job here to do, and these are the goals that we have, and this is this is what we are going to do while we're while we're having mm. fun and enjoying it. So it's, I hope that that's what they learn from me. Well, so here's what's really interesting in my mind. Um, I'm just thinking about uh, the power of influence and, and leadership, and and so. Joni was your coach, and she impacted you, mm -hmm. and then you were the DeFalco's coach, mm -hmm. and you impacted them, and then now they are impacting our, our cheerleaders, and what's really amazing about it is, you know, when I sat down, and I hope people go back and listen to that episode, because when you hear their emphasis on accountability, and their emphasis on involvement, and their emphasis on character, and what they want our young ladies as cheerleaders to do and what and represent here mm -hmm. you know I'm hearing the same thing from you and I'm seeing the seeds of your effort that's been planted in them and and we know that that came, and from, that Joni. came from Joni you know it's yeah. just it's so cool to watch this this uh this hierarchy that that that's taking place yeah I think that you know you look at people that go into education or people that go into any career or job where you're working with other people and you're influencing their lives you know it's a it's a large responsibility that you have to you know be a good role model and 
try to, to instill in them something that hopefully they will go on and, and make the world a better place um, in whatever way that they feel like they want to, you know? Um, and not everybody's gonna do huge life altering jobs down the road or philanthropy or anything, you know, like, but if they can make other people's lives better, then I guess we've done our jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, it, well, it's just, this is an exciting moment for me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, I, I'm just thinking about that. It's just, it, this is refreshing for me, mm -hmm. honestly, to hear what your your motivation is and what your why is. You know, what what's pushing you to bring your best every day because like anyone else, you know, when you, you walk in sometimes you just feel kind of beat up and you're like, okay, is it really worth it? And you are really um, inspiring me to continue to hold firm to that, that yeah, we are making a difference, you know, and, and you have had such a huge uh, impact on so many people. Um, you know, everybody, there's a lot of people that model much of what, you know, so you got coaches who are modeling your coaching strategies and your culture building strategies. I know that my own daughter is modeling one of your passions and she'll talk about your class and how it's influenced her to read you know, and I love reading. I've got books everywhere, but yeah. I would never get any credit for that. It's all Julie, you know, but, you know, you love to read. I, you are, tell us a little bit about your passion of reading and how many books you are in. What's your goal for the year? And oh. and maybe what's the most influential book in your, that you've ever oh, read? I don't know. I mean, that was a lot of questions. It is. Once. It is. I'm trying to tell you in my journalism classes. <laughs> you just oh, hit me with a lot of questions. Um, okay, oh, that's bad I... journalism 101 right there. I know. My um, love of reading came from my mom. Uh, she was always reading anything. Um, she would use, you know, books and magazines and anything that she would find to learn about other people, about situations going on in the world, and then we would talk about it. We would always talk about our books um, and or whatever article she just read. And, and uh, so definitely my love of reading came from her. Um, I've been an avid reader since I was little. So um, my my high school years, I went through a Stephen King, Dean Koontz phase. I've read all of their books. Um, then I kind of, as I got older, I needed less dark. <laughs> I needed more, um, you know, real life philosophical issues. You know, just going through um, life. I love contemporary novels that deal with really realistic things. Um, and so my goal this year, so. Okay, so like a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, you know, I'm one of those people that at New Year's, I'm like, okay, how can I be better in the coming year? Um, and one of the things that I really realized that I was, I was spending a lot of time on social media just scrolling, and I felt like it was such a waste of time. And mm -hmm. even though I knew that I shouldn't be just sitting on social media, I um, I found it hard to, to break that habit. Sure. So one of the things that I did is I, I you know, changed things on my phone, and I... Um, downloaded my Kindle, so my electric. I love reading a book book, but um, I started reading more on my phone. And so, um, I'm also a nerd, so I keep lists. So I keep lists of all the books that I read, and and you know from year to year. And so the two years ago, I had read 17 books for the year, and for me that wasn't very much. So I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a lot more. And so last year I read 25, and I was. Um, really happy with that. Well, actually, that was two years ago. Two years ago, I read 25. And so then last year, you know, I told my mom um, at New Year's, I said, you know, my goal this year, I'm going to, 
I'm going to read a lot more. And I read, actually, I'd read 25 books by July. So I was like in that six months. Wow. Um, just reading a lot more. Because what I was noticing is like those times I was sitting in line waiting to pick up Addison or I was doing things like where I would waste it on mindless stuff, I was reading instead and engaging my brain in, in, in a different way. Um, and so my goal this year is to read, I was, I set a really lofty goal of reading 52 books. So that would be a book a week. Um, I'm not really on pace for it right now. <laughs> That's a lot. I know it is, but, um, so I have, I have six done. So I feel like if I have, I have six done in the first two months. So if I, if I'm over, over 30, if I'm wow. about 35, maybe that'll be good. Um, I just love, I love reading all different kinds of things. I love talking to people about it. So mm -hmm. that's it. So if there was one book that you would recommend, you know, I, and it's hard to do being an avid reader, not quite as avid as you, but you know, there, there are so many, I have my top five, uh, maybe what are, what would be one of your top five that you would recommend? Um, I, that's such a hard question. I really, <laughs> Uh, for an English teacher, to, yeah, you almost feel like you're committing a crime. But um, okay, so I'm going to switch the question, <laughs> um, and I'm going to say if there's one author that I would recommend, okay. um, and I probably don't even say his name right, but Frederick Bachman, um, it's like B A C K M A N. Um, he is my all-time favorite author. Um, so he, the books, it, he just, I love his characters. I love how realistic. The situations are um, the first one I read by him is called Bear Town, and so it's about this little town whose entire, you know, everyone is is involved with hockey. Like hockey drives this town, and just all the stories that go along with it, and all the different things that happen. Um, just it's very intricate. It's very, but it's such a well written book, and I just feel like any book that I can relate to, where I go, wow, like that that they understand what I think, but then also help me to like look at things with a different perspective. That's what I like hmm. in those. Um, so that would definitely be a book that, you know, That's as soon good. as I read it, I wanted everybody else to read it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that, that would be one. It's always nice to find one of those books, you know, and they're, and they're ones that you don't, you can't put down and you're just drawn to them. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't happen as often for me anymore. Uh, but I mean, I'm reading so many different books at any given moment. But when you find that one book and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, it, it's not even a challenge to not look at social media right now. I just can't right. wait to, yeah. you know, those are a special and, and rare occasions. I'm about to check that, that author out. That's interesting. You, you know, you do read so much. Um, is there a time of day that you read best? Are you a morning reader? Are you a, an evening reader? Do you read before you go to bed or? No, I'm not a morning. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm one of those people that like, I stay in bed until the last possible minute that I have to get up. Um, <laughs> and so I, I read, um, I, I mean, honestly, not necessarily during the day. My reading time, like summer is like, you know, I'll, obviously I'm not, I'm not teaching during the day. So, you know, I read so much more in the summer. It's my relaxing thing to do. It's definitely my stress reliever. Mm -hmm. So now that I've incorporated it more um, during my regular day, I'd say, you know, definitely after school, it's kind of my release. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll read um, depending on what my workout is for that day. You know, if I'm going to be on the elliptical, I read while I'm on the elliptical. Um, I read... If I'm waiting for somebody, waiting yes. to pick up my kids, like I just, you know, I just always have it available. So wow. that I, 
I try to read at night, but then I fall asleep. Yeah. Because you said earlier that I have a lot of energy, and I do to an extent. <laughs> I'm yeah. go, 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 and then as soon as I sit down, my body's like, oh, she sat down. It yep. must be time to go to bed. <laughs> um, so then I, like, instantly fall asleep. But, um, yeah, I just, I read whenever I, whenever I can, whenever I can get a minute. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I I like to read in the morning. I'm a I am a big morning person, um, but then in the evening I, I love to end the day reading. But my wife jokes, she's like, "You're gonna you're gonna read for like two minutes." And I'm like, "Yeah, it, it's enough to settle my brain." And I get one sentence in, then I then I fall asleep. You yeah. know, uh, it's go back two years ago and I could stay up for an hour and read, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're right. The body knows when you hit the hit the bed, it's it's time to go into shutdown mode. Um, just a couple more questions and then okay. we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. But um, you, what is your favorite aspect of, of being a teacher? I mean, if people haven't picked up um, on it at this point, uh, you know, but I mean, I just want to so, ask. So, I mean, my favorite thing is, you know, is, is developing a relationship with a student and truly knowing who they are, knowing what's important to them. Um, one of the things I have my kids do, I have them write journals every day. I mean, obviously, you know, I teach English, so, you know, there's different reasons I have them write every day. But um, one of the selfish reasons is that, like, I get to know each kid in a different way. You know, they don't, they're answering a question every single day. That, and they can get as personal as they want. You know, some kids don't share as much. Mm -hmm. um, but I really feel like I get to know kids and I and I know what's important to them and, and I try to talk to them every day. Like I read a, a thing on social media, which I was on <laughs> last night, um, but it said, you know, make a point to say a kid's name every day. Like when you talk to them, say their name, say, you mm. know, and, and it goes back to, you know, one of the things that we've talked about before at school is, you know, addressing each kid, saying hi to them when they walk in your room. And and I just think, like, you know, I, I, I try. I try to – I don't do it every day. I know that I don't, but I try to talk to every kid every day, um, whether it's just a quick conversation or if it's, you know, more in-depth. But ask them, you know, if something from their journal or, like, you know, about their – whatever activity it is that they're involved in. Um, just because, I, I mean, I do, I do care. Yeah. I care about what they're, what they're doing and what their lives are like, and, and if I can help them in any way, you know. So. Um, I, I love the intentionality behind that because it, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or if you are, uh, no matter what occupation any of anyone listening to this may have. If you take that moment to say somebody's name and just give them that undivided attention, it could be 15 seconds or it could be 15 minutes. The value that that person feels, um, you don't know how to what extent that's going to go. I mean, it literally will save lives. I mean, I um, I've talked to my friends about this before. Obviously, you know, we're all in different careers, and in the amount of inter interaction that you have with people every day as a teacher. So back in the old school. Um, I used to park in the back and you'd walk in that back door and you'd walk by the weight room and I wasn't even walking through the main part of the building but I'd walk past the weight room down that hallway and then up my hallway and on any given day you know I was saying hi to five or ten people that mm -hmm. I would pass in the hallway you know hi and if, if I know them then I'd say their name how are you you know or if not just you make eye contact and you say hi um, and you know I've had conversations with people that you know in one given day they don't necessarily talk to five people right. you know like it's just and so in my first five minutes walking in I'm already interacting and talking to people and 
I think one of the hardest things for, or one of the, not the hardest, but one of the changes with COVID and, um, you know, having masks on and facing forward and I, not, I don't, I don't care whether or not we should be or shouldn't be, but right. it's, I mean, I notice like I'll walk down the hall and I'll say hello to a kid that I've had in a class before and they're just facing forward walking mm-hmm. and like not acknowledging anybody around them and this stuff. And it's just, I feel like that's definitely changed yeah. in the last couple of years. And I hope, you know, like I, I move my tables back and then my kids are facing each other again and they make comments like, oh, we don't have to face the wall. We don't have to just look at you. I was like, all right, no. yeah. <laughs> I enjoy, you know, I'm sure you don't mind looking at me all day, but <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's just, you know, like, I know, I like, you don't want to, you don't want to just interact with me just because right. I'm your teacher. I want you to interact with each other. And I just feel like that interaction has changed. And so I just want it to come back. I want them to, um, just interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so important to say hi to somebody, you know? It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I you, I mean, I'm just, there's so many thoughts racing through my ha- head and there's just so many positives to what you just shared there. And, um, you know, I think about the kids who do walk by, you know, you and I are very self-conscious about being in the hallways and you're right. Some kids put their head down and it breaks your heart that they don't even look up and acknowledge your presence. And you, you've got to learn to not take it personally, uh, but to understand that there's always a, a reason behind the behavior. Yeah. There's something going on behind the scenes. But what, what that really, what, what I'm just wowed by and, and deeply moved by, to be honest with you, is that to hear your conviction behind that and to know that that's your motivation in so many of the things that we do here to get people into uncomfortable situations where they are recognizing other people's qualities and gifts and they're engaging in friendship and conversation and, and learning to value other people. I mean, everything you do, um, the, the awkward interviews that some of these kids have to give because they don't want to interview, but you're like, no, you have no choice. You need to go down and you need to carry out. You're not going to text them. You're not going to tweet them. You got to go face to face. And yes, you got to be on a video. You got to get recorded or the fact that you're, you have devil divers all over the floor who may not have any musical inclination whatsoever, you know, or the fact that you're putting, um, pep rallies together that have just goofy things and, but people get up and they, they embrace the tradition and they embrace the normalcy of it. And it, um, you are, your efforts are truly helping heal things that are, that are, that have taken place over the past couple of years. So, um, thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was, uh, this was awesome. Um, I think Appreciate the time to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you are truly loved and I hope you feel valued. Um, you deserve to feel valued. You have changed so many lives. And uh, there's somebody right above us who's looking down, looking down in pride. So thank you. Thanks. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram. At, at Mr. Horner, the teacher, or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, 
make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.